Hey, you're listening to Pink Noise. I'm Jeff Gregerson. Today we're going to hear from Nicole Yun. Nicole is the singer, guitarist, and songwriter of Eternal Summers, the road-tested indie surf rock band from Virginia. We're going to hear about Eternal Summers and hear some of their music in this episode, but Nicole Yun's latest project is a debut full-length solo album called Paper Suit, which will be released under her own name on June 7th. We talked about what inspired her to make a solo record, and how she got into indie rock after studying music composition and performance in college. Nicole Yun of Eternal Summers and of Nicole Yun. of this album came from just a lot of frustration in my own personal life I think um, just things with um, Eternal Summers we were kind of in a weird position where we were waiting for labels to pick up our album and we hadn't had to do that for eight years so that was a strange wait and I think there was some you know there was definitely some things going on personally and things with my um, with my job and just a lot of things that were just out of my control or felt like they were just totally out of my control. And I felt very motivated to do something different and with, with totally different people. And I love Daniel and Jonathan in Eternal Summers and we're probably – you know, we've probably achieved the highest level of chemistry I've ever had with any other musicians, um, just to that point of psychic level of, I know what you're about to do, or I know where you're about to go, which I, um, it's, it feels like magic. It feels like literally like a magical power. But um, I think I just needed to remove myself from the frustration I was feeling about, you know, how come people aren't understanding our new album and um, just all these other things. And so I I kind of went into my files of like friends, of like musician friends who record and musician friends who I would love to be on my album. And it was just this perfect culmination that a couple of my friends who lived in England who were in the band Maximo Park were on tour around that same time and they were going to be in New York. And then I had another friend in New York named Julian, who's the drummer for this band called Ava Luna. And he was always 
you know, inviting me to see his studio. So I was like, I would love to finally record with him. And plus I love his drumming. So if that could happen, and also these guys from England who this just would never happen otherwise, if we could all meet up in New York. And, and then I just thought about all the other musicians in New York. And then also subsequently another recording session in Philadelphia and all the people I knew there, um, including my friend Rob, who was in the band Bleeding Rainbow. And we just always had a really great working relationship. Um, so I got on a series of like seven train rides of like going to New York, from New York to Philly, back to New York, back to Philly, and then back home. And it was just uh, very freeing. You know, I just being on a train with my guitar and a couple pedals in a bag and just trusting all these different friends with the most basic of demos, which was just me, like my vocals and guitar. So I just trusted everyone. Hey, you don't even know the vibe of this song except for these very core elements that may not even... Uh, be final, um, and we'll meet up in this studio and we'll do it. It felt so therapeutic that I felt that if the album never came out, I still would have been fine with it because I got to play with new people and collaborate and have this totally different experience. And in my mind, I was like, if it never comes out, I feel somewhat healed. This just needed to happen um, for some kind of closure or some kind of personal repair. It's funny to talk about touring now because I think these last two years have been very uh, tour-free. Uh, like, I think only last year was I able to start processing our European tour that Eternal Summers did in 2015. So it was like a three-year delay of like, just all these like little interactions started coming into my memory again. And, uh, I mean, our European tour was, it was like a month long, mostly in the UK and then a touch in France and Germany and the Netherlands. And I feel so lucky that we even got to go once. Cause I think I, I was able to see how other people appreciate music and it was so refreshing, especially I think it was, I think like the Netherlands and Germany and France, just the level of connection that people in the crowd have with performers, um, no phones were out, no pictures were taken. People's eyes were extremely glued to what was happening on stage. Um, the types of dancing I saw was the most 
uninhibited, like uh, just nothing you'd ever want to see. Like, to, but I was like, wow, this is amazing. You are moving your body how you want to move it. And I congratulate you because you are experiencing music on a high level right now. And I am jealous both because I wish that was the culture in America. And also I want to do that at a show. Like I want to be able to um, disconnect from the reality and spiritually connect on some level. Cause I do, I mean, like there's all those, uh, you know, recent articles about like people who see live music this many times per month, like achieve some kind of, um, like spiritual well being that like helps them to reduce their stress and like longevity of life and all this stuff, which I'm like, I mean, sure. I, I get it. And just like people who are like, we've been waiting to see you for like seven years. I'm like, wow, we're a, a tiny band from Roanoke, Virginia. Like, thank you for caring. And thank you, internet, for connecting the world, you know. There was a year back in the day when Daniel and I were a duo for Eternal Summers. We did 10 shows in three days. With, and I was allergic, and, and I'm allergic to Austin. So, cause I, I think it's the Cedars. And so I was totally congested and my, my voice was already gone. And I was like, Daniel, my voice is gone. He's like, let's do this. I was like, are you kidding? But we were on that level because we were younger. And also we had a very high dare culture in the band at that time, which we definitely took through at least six more years of dare culture of, oh, I dare you to be more hardcore than this. I dare you to drive a little bit longer. I dare you to lift more than that. It's not healthy. Dare culture is not healthy in a band, but it is motivating if everyone is triggered by that. What's the craziest thing either of you ever did on a dare? On a dare? Oh, it's never, it's always a practical, it's like always a practical thing. It's never like, I don't, see, I can't even think jump of. Jump into like, jump in the lake. Yeah, I can't like even think of an extreme example because my mind won't even go there I'm like such a practical person I'm such a safe practical person in most things but um like instead of saying please you just say I dare you yeah I dare you <laughs> yeah I think the one the craziest thing that Daniel did and I was just like wow okay I will just I will just benefit from you daring yourself to do this was driving home from South by 
uh, without stopping anywhere. So that was a 24-hour drive, and he did almost all of the driving. He dropped me off at home, and then he he experienced about an hour of vertigo. And he was drinking Red Bull, so that's not good. But yeah, that was pretty crazy. But yeah, nothing fun, nothing fun for the kids to make a legend. going to ask if like you had to fight your parents about you know trying to make a music career or anything like that oh well my experience with my parent parents is really atypical um my parents i think are the most hippie and lenient korean parents that i've ever met but they still are strict in their own way i think they realized that they passed their genes to us. My dad is a bookworm and loves literature and music, and my mom's the same way, and she is an incredible painter. And they both came to the United States um, after studying like English literature. And so when my sister decided to go to art school, I think they just they just knew that it wasn't anything they were going to you know be able to change and then for me going to music school i had a whole um dramatic situation with music school too which my parents had to accept because um i got kicked out of music school my senior year of college because of uh basically they wanted me to focus more on performing piano, but I wanted to write music. I want, I needed to write my, my senior symphony is what I had to do. Um, and I had a bit of a mental breakdown and I uh, scored a D on a piano uh, exam because I, my brain shut off and then I got kicked out of school. And... As I was leaving the board meeting that was deciding whether I stayed in school or not, my composition teacher <laughs> leans in and he, he whispers into my ear, get out of here. You don't need any of this to do music. And I felt this weight lift off of my shoulders <laughs> and I called my parents and I knew they were going to be upset, but I, you know, I just, I was like, you know, this isn't for me. And I, I finished an English degree in a year and they have always known that I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Um, and it's to the point now where if I have new music, my mom will just say, send me the lyrics. I need to know what this is about. <laughs> and 
and they've they've accepted it. I mean, I think they know. They know they're it's their fault. <laughs> that whether there's a music industry out there to support what I do or not um, or if there's like people who are into what I do or not I feel like um, I just have to make music and it's like the disease that I have and it's the good disease because I enjoy it <laughs> but it's just something that I'm going to always feel like I have to do and it's a cool realization to have um, so that I don't have to explain anything away um, or like put it on the, on the back burner because I think um, it's just part of, um, part of my life now um, and I don't, I'm feeling like now I don't have to be apologetic about it. Nicole Yoon's debut full-length solo album, Paper Suit, will be out on June 7th. You can pre-order it at nicoleyoon.bandcamp.com. It's being released on vinyl and cassette. We began this episode with Tommy, the first track on Paper Suit. Then we heard Millions from the Eternal Summers album, Correct Behavior. And to close out the episode, we heard Supernatural Babe, the second single from Nicole's solo record. As always, you can find links to the music at pinknoisepod.com, and you can listen to previous episodes there too. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show and leave a review in your podcast app. Or just tell a friend. Pink Noise is produced and edited by me, Jeff Gregerson, and I'll see you next time.